welcome to the Knowledge Panel, episode four, everybody. And this one is JavaScript. How can JavaScript help and hurt your SEO? There's only, there's, I mean, there, there's one person that we have to have here for this. And of course, it, it, it is Stuart Mahamadi. How do I pronounce it? Mahamadi. Yeah, Mohammed. That's all right. That's the man, yeah. Mohammadi from why don't you Why don't you start by introducing yourself, Stuart, and we'll get on to the, uh, the second in command, you know, the other one later. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Dixon. Uh, Stuart Mohammadi, I've been chasing the SEO dragon now for about 15 years, and I've worked uh, agency side, <laughs> in house, uh, and as a consultant for a, a panoply of large and small businesses alike. So I'm happy to be here. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much for, uh, for, for coming in, Stuart. I really appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I found this guy um, answering my, uh, my, my pleas for him to come on to my, my show. So, um, Martin, why don't you say who you are and, uh, and, and uh, as, if, as if my audience doesn't know. So, uh, first things first, thanks for having me. Thanks for, for bringing me onto this panel. Thank you. And, um, I work for this, uh, this startup in Mountain View that tries to like do something completely different than everyone else on the web. And we're trying to like basically revolutionize the way that people work with web catalogs and uh, like domain <laughs> listings. So that will be interesting yeah. to see. Maybe we fail. Maybe this becomes useful. Who knows? Um, so, so you're a big shopping site then? Uh, kind kind of like if you basically just submit your links and then we put them in the right categories and uh, then like yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we also offer a backlink scheme um, on text <laughs> if you're interested. But uh, yeah. Okay, okay. For those that don't know Martin, Martin is the uh, the JavaScript guru at Google, and uh, none of what he just said is uh, is, uh, <laughs> is is government policy. Is, is Google policy? I'm sure. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, okay. So and 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 for those who don't know me, I'm Dixon Jones. I'm the CEO of, of Inlinks and uh, say Entity Toolset. And uh, as uh, it's nice that I can be kindly sponsoring my own show every now and then. So uh, here's my advert. If you haven't played within Links yet, um, why not get yourself onto one of the demos? Um, and just go to inlinks.net and you'll find it and, you know, sign up and you have a one-to-one -one demo and you get 30, 30 minutes of me telling you why it's a really good idea. So uh, that's enough. That's enough of that. Um, the end of my uh, my sponsorship thing. Uh, let's get on to the episode. And um, JavaScript is it today. So clearly, uh, absolutely um, excited to have you guys on. Oh, thank you uh, for, uh, for, for having a question coming up. So, uh, we're streaming live on Facebook and we're on YouTube. In fact, in fact, why don't I bring my producer in, David, and make sure that there's everything I've mentioned. What have I brought in, David? How can, how can people hear about us? So we've set Where up a we? Facebook Live event, and we should be streaming live on there. I couldn't find the Facebook Live, so what I've done is I've shared the YouTube video as a post on the Facebook event. So we're certainly <laughs> streaming live on on YouTube, um, perhaps streaming live on Facebook via YouTube, and also streaming live on Twitter. We've just tweeted um, live as well. So catch us on uh, YouTube and Facebook um, if you want to catch a future episode as well. And if you're podcasting, you found us on iTunes or Google Google Play or whatever you found us on. So thank you very much for coming on. So, right, start a question, really. Uh, since the whole point of the episode is to uh, to find out, you know, what, how JavaScript can help or hurt your SEO, um, guys, why don't you just, so we don't miss it, so we don't miss the one point that you think everybody should take away. Um, and I'll start with you, Stuart. What is the one thing that people get wrong with JavaScript? When it comes to SEO, or right? Uh, 
Yeah, I think they they tend to think that JavaScript is either you know the, the devil in, the devil incarnate you know in terms of SEO. I, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Like for most SEOs, we, we don't want to be using JavaScript, and just mere mention of it will make us panic and break into a cold sweat. Um, so I think that's the biggest misconception. But I again, it is a misconception. Um, but there are some issues with JavaScript, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But yeah. okay. Martin, your yeah, one thing. Similar, similarly, actually, um, this idea that JavaScript is a religion that you either need to love or hate, I think is not correct. Uh, it's a tool. It has its purposes. And when you use them, like when you use the tool for the purposes that it fits, a fantastic tool. Otherwise, using it just because it's the only tool you've got is risky and most oftentimes not appropriate. And then you can paint yourself into a corner it's really hard to get out of. So it's a tool. It has its purposes. It's not the silver bullet. It's it's not the devil. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 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 obviously Google doesn't hate JavaScript these days. You know, there there was a time when uh, we we kind of thought that you know Google just doesn't like JavaScript. But it, that 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 was born out of it was hard to hard to crawl. So yeah. so really, uh, we'll just let's hear it from from the horse's mouth. How good is Google at at looking at JavaScript generally now compared to say three years ago, mm, I think like a lot, lot better. Um, JavaScript as well as uh, the Google crawling and rendering infrastructure have evolved a lot. Uh, as you probably know, it took us quite a while uh, to get the rendering part of the infrastructure um, to use the latest version of Chromium. So since May two thousand nineteen. We are basically having an evergreen uh, Googlebot, which means that we are updating as Chrome updates uh, on stable, um, which means that we are running JavaScript pretty exactly as it runs in the browser, mm. which hasn't been the case three years ago. And 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 is that totally accurately, or is there stuff that, that that's that's missing? I mean. Uh, the, the Googlebot is a browser that is a little different from the, your normal desktop browser. Uh, one of the more obvious examples is probably that on a browser, you can totally uh, request access to microphone and camera and maybe get the user to actually say, yeah, sure, you can have that. Whereas uh, what would that look like for Googlebot? So no, it rejects that. Um, another thing is specifically as Googlebot wants to get the first visitor experience of your site and service workers, which is a piece of JavaScript that you can kind of install on the user's device in the browser or in their browser um, that allows different interactions on repeat visits. Uh, we are not installing that one. We are rejecting the request to install a service worker. So there are differences. Um, another one is, is purely technical, which is if you're relying on WebSockets, WebSockets are not implemented in Googlebot, so they are failing uh, when you try to establish a WebSocket connection. So there are differences, uh, but they are so, minor. So, so for the uninitiated, possibly like me, uh, what's a WebSocket? Uh, so if you normally open a website, your browser sends a request over a TCP connection, making an HTTP request, and then gets a response back. But there is a possibility to make an HTTP request that basically opens a persistent connection that permanently stays open. And then you have bi-directional communication, basically real time through that connection. That's a WebSocket. OK, OK. I, and you don't support that. Well, probably, probably there's a whole load of questions around supporting that anyway. So that's yes. fun. So, uh, so Stuart, I mean, are you finding that they're, they're they're getting much, much better, and they're pretty good at, at the JavaScript nowadays? 
Yeah, I mean, to Martin's point, I think the the vast improvement in the ability to render and understand JavaScript. I think it's I think it's a phenomenon that's maybe and Martin could could be specific, but I think it's only a year or two uh, old in terms of like how good Google's become at understanding and parsing and rendering JavaScript. Now, keep in mind, I mean, we love Google, but Google's one engine of many engines. And I think Google may be the, the, at the forefront of, of sort of understanding and rendering JavaScript. So, you know, most of your traffic's gonna go to Google. So certainly that's a good thing, especially if you're mm -hmm. relying on JavaScript. But, you know, uh, depending on where you are in the world or your preference in terms of, you know, your the search engine you prefer, uh, it may not be such a great thing for your SEO on those engines. Right. So, 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 I mean, it used to take a long time for, for Google to sort of crawl, crawl the JavaScript and stuff. And we were saying before the call, Stuart, you're saying 90 seconds at the outside, you know, so, uh, so, and I, and I'd agree, you know, it's, you know, it's basically the same time. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, um, I've seen, I've seen a presentation on, on, uh, uh, the web rendering service from Martin. So I, I, I know it's pretty much, the same time you know on, on average have you got a time have you got a kpi time martin that you're trying to get down to um we don't really have a goal in terms of time because time surprisingly it's fast enough i think now it's, yeah it's quite fast yeah um time isn't the biggest struggle kind of yeah okay okay well but also to that point like the the rendering of the javascript actually it's not really about time it's about the and i know martin kind of cringes when this is brought up but like crawl budget uh for a particular site like your budget crawl budget will sort of that's where the rendering of javascript is really taken out of so it's it's about time but again google's trying to trying to process you know 100 plus trillion pages and so if you uh you know depending on how large your site is it could take a little longer and so it may mm. i'm sure we'll get into this later but it may take longer for javascript to render on larger sites depending on the quality of those pages that are in the index right but we're still talking seconds not not days now <laughs> yeah and yeah with regards to crawl budget crawl budget really is just crawling it's not like rendering, if you have a website with a million pages that has no JavaScript whatsoever, and you have one that has JavaScript on it whatsoever, like that would not be a difference uh, in terms of how fast pages, new pages get indexed or old pages get updated. Uh, that is purely crawling related. But there is a point which is JavaScript resources and API calls, which oftentimes happen in client-side rendered JavaScript applications. They do are, um, count against your crawl budget. So that is a case. But that's not really the delay in terms of how fast we can render. Uh, when we say like how fast we can render, you have to like look at different numbers, actually. One is the crawl budget um, that you have available, which for most sites is not a problem. Um, and then you have uh, the queue time, which means like we have understood that there is a page that we want to render. Every page goes to rendering, no matter if it has JavaScript or not. So you will basically get queued for rendering, and then there's an available instance that actually does the render. How long is the time in between? That on, on average is, I think, five seconds at this point. I'm not exactly sure. I would have to double check. But I think the, the average or the median is five seconds. Um, and then the actual rendering. So like basically what happens in your browser as well. When you open the page until the page is done, how long does that take? That can take a second. That can take a minute. That can take two minutes, um, hypothetically 10 minutes. But mm -hmm. yeah. There's like different bits and pieces. It's not long. <laughs> so, but okay. So, uh, I mean, people used to say that JavaScript slows a site down. 
Is that still true? I mean, I'm seeing quite a lot of fast JavaScript-driven sites. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, is is JavaScript um, slowing sites down? Because uh, isn't there two different things? Because if a server's already getting hit, hit, hit with a database calls and things, then actually the JavaScript should should speed up a site just as it's got just as much argument to speed up a site as as to slow down a site. Uh, no. What do you think, or am I am I am I just wishing that JavaScript was quicker? You can actually run the the speed test in terms of like mobile friendliness for any given page or any given website, and so that will tell you how you can speed up uh, or give you suggestions for how you can speed up a page or the page speed. And usually, what I found is that there are some you, unformatted JavaScript or JavaScript that's poorly formatted uh, or extraneous JavaScript can be a factor in terms of slowing down your page speed. But, you know, again, like, is it JavaScript, is it Google? It tends to be poorly done JavaScript that's slowing you down. It's not JavaScript inherently. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. How, and also, how, how much bad stuff is out there, Martin? <laughs> a lot, unfortunately. Uh, Alex Russell has, like, a bunch of investigations when it comes to that. And it's... Um, I think it's a it's a tricky one. So generally, as as was just said, uh, JavaScript is not per se making things slower. It is incorrect application of JavaScript or using JavaScript for things that it shouldn't be used for. Um, one beautiful example is there's a lot of stuff that you can do in terms of like uh, menus and responsiveness on a site um, that you can do with CSS and HTML. And these are inherently a lot faster because they are declarative and the browser can basically start parsing them as they arrive. And um, if you then basically say, like, no, no, all of the interactions, all of the things that you can do on this website do, do, uh, depend on this one megabyte JavaScript to download and this other one megabyte JavaScript of dependencies that needs to download up front, then that means that you are basically making everything in the browser, including Googlebot, including your users, wait for that to happen until they can actually get the, the content and the, the, the interactions. <laughs> but that's not because JavaScript is at play. It's because JavaScript is being used for something that it shouldn't be used for in the first place. That's one problem. The other problem is that with the proliferation of tools, which I think is great because we have lots of people coming from different backgrounds and, and building things for different purposes, we have lots of tools to pick from. And unfortunately, that also led to a lot of people changing tools quite frequently, which means they understand they, they can work with them reasonably well to build something that is potentially put into production, but they don't understand the tools well enough, well enough to actually build something properly. Back in the mm -hmm. days where there was like two frameworks to pick from, you would pick one, then learn that for a couple of years, and then you would basically be like, oh yeah, I, I ran into all the problems I could run into. At this point, I know how to use my tools. Uh, but now with like new tools coming out every couple of weeks, um, there is a tendency to jump between tools and basically be like, I love this tool. Oh, there's a problem. Okay, and then I use this other tool that I won't have that problem. And then they run into the exact same problem because they haven't taken the time to actually understand what's fundamentally problematic about what they're doing. That's a philosophical question about society, really, not thinking deep enough about And I'm, we're all becoming generalists, not experts, possibly. So. Yeah. Well, it's also the same phenomenon around code bloat, right? So... Like yeah. HTML code bloat is the same, and you 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 definitely have JavaScript code bloat. You have legacy systems that maybe say you're using Node, and then they they all decide, you know what, we should catch up to the times and use React or or Angular. Mm -hmm. And then in that sort of changeover, you've got now legacy JavaScript. Where how do you how do you reconcile this with what you're trying to achieve now? So yeah. 
again, you create a, a system that becomes a a bit of a hackathon. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I mean, I, I, yeah, I, so I use, for example, so we use on on Inlinks, we got a little bit of JavaScript. So we use defer tag. So is that helpful or is that not helpful? I mean, we don't want to split. We we don't need to be there quick. You know, we don't have to be mm. there uh, in in you know in the first hype second. So, so that 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 helps things. So yeah, yeah basically that's good. So we're getting about I don't know. Um, I got I'm getting eighty nine on my on my speed score. Is that good? <laughs> That's pretty. That's oh, not bad. That's all right. You know, I shouldn't worry. After at what point on my light speed or lighthouse or whatever it is uh, button should I stop worrying about speed? Hundred or seventy good enough? You know. I think once you're in the green, you're kind of fine. Um, right. It's then, all my color. It's a color. It's not the number. It's a color. Kind of. Of course. I would say like maybe maybe ninety is a good good point that you want to be at. Oh, one point off. One point off. I'm gonna to have to go and try again. I think that the speed test is a rel. I mean, speed is a relative metric, right? It's like how fast are you compared to every page on the web, or how fast are you versus, like, say, your your direct comp set. And so I, I try to like, I, not that page speed isn't important. It's really important, but I, I think it can be turned into a bit of a a tempest in a teapot, so to speak. Like, it, it's just like how fast are you versus your competitor? Because I work with a lot of sites that you know. 65, 70, maybe if they hit 80, they're, they're just overjoyed. But again, it's, it's, and they're just, you know, the, they're pulling their hair out saying like, how do we get it faster? I can't pull out any more JavaScript. We can't make this any faster experience. And I just try to talk them off the ledge. Like, it's okay. It's, it's a relative metric. Faster is better, but like how fast are you versus, you know, your, your most direct competitors. And if it's roughly the same ballpark, say 15, 20 points, you know, differential, like I wouldn't sweat it. So, uh, I mean, on that, on that, on that, then um, the, the the whole speed thing—it's not just about the JavaScript, the speed, is it? I mean, yeah. there's other factors that could be yeah. involved, and I suspect that people get a bit hung up and, and blame it on yeah. JavaScript, and yeah. it could be traffic on the web or the server again getting hit by a, a, data, a database request or something else. You know, so it could be all sorts of other bits and pieces. It's also it's also yeah. how how do you measure, right? Like, um, what might be fast if you measure on your laptop? Uh, or on your desktop computer, which has like a fiber internet connection oh, yeah. uh, and like a, a gazillion cores, uh, is not what your users might be using. If they, your users are actually at the other end of the world and they use a four-year-old Android phone or a seven-year-old iOS phone uh, on a carrier that is edge at best, um, yeah. that's a very different experience. Yeah, and also I found um, yeah I had Grammarly installed on my browser as an extension. I think it was Grammarly, mm -hmm. but, yeah. and that slowed everything down. And, and to be fair, Lighthouse did uh, come up and said your 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 extensions are probably messing things up. But yeah. you can get some very very off readings if you uh, if you if you allow your extensions to stay on whilst you're uh, whilst yeah. doing that something. So. Guys, if, if there's anybody on Facebook, by the way, we're probably not going to answer those questions live. So, you know, if, if you think we are in live time on Facebook, it might be worth diving over to, to YouTube. And, David, I, I'm going to let you sort of find the questions and things, so feel free to jump in if uh, if there's any that that, uh, that we should should bring out. Now, here he is. Sure. sure. I mean, we had a couple of um, likes on Facebook, so we're definitely going out live on Facebook sure. with uh, Barry Smith and Fred Laurent uh, liking the video, so thank you very much for doing that. Um, let's go slightly sideways then. I, Martin, I I know you've told me this in great depth, and I've written it up. But you know, on on this on the on the on the webinar, if you can say oh. it without without the need for pictures and stuff, you know, <laughs> what's what is Google's web rendering service? 
basically, it's like an automated bunch of browsers that are um, taking the crawled pages and then basically open them as your browser would open them, run the JavaScript and take out whatever content is, is there after JavaScript has finished running, uh, and then passing that back on to the indexing pipeline. So if I'm right, um, and I'm, I think I've got this one right, <laughs> otherwise otherwise you've probably told me off and I've wrote it up, but... Um, so there is no pages going into the indexer, at least not from the core crawl, that are going into the indexer that have not been at least partially gone through this rendering service. So basically, yeah. it does, as you say, it doesn't matter whether you've got JavaScript on your page or not got your page on your page. It only goes into the indexer once. It doesn't do what it used to do years ago, which is go into the indexer and then at some point mm -hmm. someone will crawl the rendered version. Is that right? Ah, it's a little more complicated than that, unfortunately. Um, Sorry, so, I didn't mean to. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. It's it's a fair it's a fair question. The the thing, <laughs> the tricky thing is, generally. So the, <laughs> so this has been the case. This has been the case for years, basically. Uh, at least at least 2018. I'm not sure if it has been that way uh, before. I thought you were going to say at least 2,000 years. I thought. Oh, I no, 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 no. At least 2,000 years, but it, it has been at least since 2018, probably longer. That kind of every page goes through uh, rendering. However. It's, it's hard to explain what actually happens because the way that it actually happens is that a bunch of microservices basically get it. So it's like a message comes into one and then it fans out to multiple other microservices and then these do whatever they need to do and then eventually results come back and then a, a data structure, basically like a book, is filled in over time. Like it, it doesn't happen at the same time. It's not like sequentially, like the first system writes down its thing, the second system writes down its thing. It can be that the first five systems write a thing down immediately, the next system takes it a day or an hour or a minute or five minutes. Um, so a lot of things happen in parallel. And then um, basically this index document is completed over time. And you can see this also when you think about ranking. We have a bunch of signals, and some signals just take a little longer until they, they are built, right? Yet the page can hypothetically already uh, rank without having the signal filled into the book that we store in the index, in the library that is our index. Um, and then eventually when we have the information, we go back into the index, take out that particular document, fill in the data, and then it'll rank differently, better, worse, whatever, uh, in later iterations. And similar is how this works. So basically a document can hypothetically show up relatively quickly after it has been crawled. However, it is unlikely that that's going to happen um, because then we pretty much very likely do not have much content available yet. Um, and Every page goes through rendering at one point. Um, and uh, we, we thought that this is best visualized by the two waves uh, metaphor. So we came up with this idea of telling people, like, don't, don't worry about JavaScript. It goes in the index immediately. And then eventually, we populate it with the data that comes from JavaScript. That turned out to cause a lot of questions that in reality, like, oh, but what happens if the content that is in the index? And then I'm like, it doesn't, doesn't really matter because that's not really a thing that actually happens for like realistic purposes. As I said, like queue time is on, on, on I think it's median, is five seconds. So mm -hmm. most likely, whenever it's being written to the index, it comes in with the rendered information already. Every page goes to the rendering. There are hypothetically 
there are uh, cases where you might skip rendering, but that's very, very rare. And I'm not even sure if that specific heuristic is still being used. I know that I found references to that heuristic. And when I asked the rendering team, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, ignore that. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, so I'm not exactly sure if that heuristic is still being employed because if it's if the cost of that heuristic is higher than the potential benefit because it fires very, very rarely, then yeah. I don't think we would keep that in place. Um, and that's that's something that like blew some people's minds. They're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, no. If it takes us more effort to find out if we can skip JavaScript and then even maybe possibly run into situations where that was true at some point and now that we're doing it, it's not true, and then we have to find out by recrawling something that is basically just an error page at this point that we are wasting a lot of resources, not just rendering resources, also crawling resources and probably indexing resources um, for a minimal gain. Uh, it it make, might make more sense to make rendering faster and more ubiquitous. But you'd still, you'd still have a timeout, wouldn't you? So, so if, if, if the page wasn't rendering in a certain amount of time, you'd uh, yeah. forget that. No. Yeah, at some point we have to cut it off. Uh, there is not really like a fixed timer. There is in a way a timer, but it works in interesting, mysterious ways uh, that, that warrant its entire own discussion if I only could talk about it, because that's an implementation detail that the team's like, don't talk about it because we might change it at no, any point in time. So it's got um, to the end of a list of things it has to do and it hasn't got what it needs. And then, that's, yes. okay, fine. And okay. Uh, there is a, hypothetically a chance that uh, things could like fail often enough in rendering, not even because of JavaScript, just because of something goes wrong on our side or the rendering service goes down or something. Uh, obviously, that does not block the entire indexing process. We might then still like index things where we say like, "Oh, we have enough quality signals um, on this page, so probably JavaScript isn't like the most important thing here." And then we might still put it in the index. But that, again, in, in practice, that never happens, uh, or basically never happens. Um, and it's it's really hard to explain how exactly it works. But basically, you can assume that every document that lands in the index has been rendered. Okay. Cool. Stuart, unless you want to add something onto that, but uh, I'll, I'll come on to a different question. But if you feel free to, yeah, on. no, I think it also kind of stems from a maybe a, a misunderstanding. I, I know that uh, I know that you know Google tried to sort of explain in the early days like how it was starting to understand or process JavaScript, and there's this idea of a two-phased approach. I think unfortunately that's still a uh, that's still in most SEOs' minds um, in terms of like as a profession that, you know, there's this two-phase approach. And so I think it, it, it sort of stems from a, a lack of understanding for uh, how Googlebot behaves. Uh, it's not a bot. It's a, it's, a series of, it's a series of programs that run in parallel. So it's, it's kind of a fundamental breakdown in terms of like the understanding of Googlebot, the understanding of this two-phase approach. It's not really two-phased. Mm -hmm. I think Martin, I think, has already sort of explained that it never really was two-phase. There was a rendering part that happened later, but that latency now is so minimal that it's, you know, it, again, it, okay. it, it's not an issue. So I'm going to come on to that question by GLSEO in a bit, but just before I do that, um, uh, Stuart, just before we get off speed, um, uh, the subject of speed, uh, uh, does minifying JavaScript files help very much? Um, is that, does that make things faster? Is it worth doing and how do you do it what is job what is minifying <laughs> yeah well minifying is basically it's, it's almost like you uh think of it um, you know as a, a url shortener i mean that's the best analogy i can think of when i try to explain what that means uh, you're basically taking javascript and you're sort of minifying the code uh sort of minimizing that quote-unquote code blow turning it into binary sort of thing <laughs> exactly and it 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 has 
it can or has the potential to speed up the website, but you have to be very careful with the minifying uh, sort of service you decide to run with, like, you know, ugly JS, or you can use like, you know, closure compiler. There are different things you could use, but the, the, the danger in minifying is that you can create really broken strings, like you can start overlapping very complex JavaScript, oh, and then it doesn't yeah. fire it off. So you have to be very careful how you use the minifier. It, it's really meant for just sort of the combination or the, the minifying of simple strings. But if you're trying to like minify complex uh, JavaScript, I, I can give them, uh, you know, Martin could weigh on this, but I, I don't think that's advisable. I think you will break more, break more than you, you thought you were actually saving. So. It really is important that you do look into that at the developer level and don't try to like retrofit it um, because as a build step, it's really easy to do that. But then if you like have an entanglement of different minified scripts that are independent of each other, then you run into all the problems that were just uh, yeah, I just just realized that if you're going to use a JavaScript, uh, sorry, a minifying service, then you've got to use one you can trust because God knows what they could inject in there at the same time, and uh, that could be uh, that could be a pretty bad <laughs> pretty bad move if you just pick one off the off the shelf or someone you don't yeah. trust when you do it. So, and then so. you you can also waste a lot of dev time trying to debug something you're trying to make more simple anyway. So uh, just be very careful with with how you approach minifying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I, what, what about uh, inserting, inserting JavaScript through Google Tag Manager? Does, does Google Tag Manager slow down the site or not? No, um, no, you can go second, Martin. I'll let Stuart go first, his opinion, and then you can defend it if he goes the yeah, other way. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't seen any like significant slowdowns leveraging GTM uh, for the injection of JavaScript. So, uh, in fact, it, it can often be like a more preferable way of trying to inject a certain tag. So, um, but yeah, I haven't seen anything that would indicate that GTM is, you know, uh, an injection of JavaScript through that is, is a detriment. Okay. It just packs a lot of smart things that you can do yourself uh, that you don't have to do yourself if you use like an external library. It comes with a downside that you are now externally, uh, relying on an external service. And uh, I would love to say like at Google, we are perfectly fault proof, but hell no, that's not the case. Um, and yeah. it's the it's the same. I this reminds me of when I was in uh, operations, IT operations, and we were discussing if we should have our own server infrastructure as in our own server hardware long before I joined Google, um, or if we should just use a cloud provider. And the the thing there is, it all comes with trade offs. If AWS cloud goes down, then there's nothing I can do. I can't drive to an mm. Amazon uh, data center or Google data center or Microsoft data center uh, and knock on the door and say, like, let me in, I'll fix this now. Um, if they take an hour, they take an hour. If they take a day, then they take a day. There's nothing I can do. Um, whereas with my own hardware in the data center where I have access, uh, I, I have control over that. But mm. will I me alone or the small uh, ops team that I have available, will we be more efficient and, if, uh, and, and, and faster than, than a huge team at a cloud provider? Uh, it's, it's the same, it's the same with, with Google Tag Managers. Like, if they go down, they go down. And if you have like vital pieces of your code running through Google Tag Manager, then you might be screwed. But if it's something that you are like, yeah, if this dies for a day, I'd be OK with that. So a little anecdote story aside, the very first website I ever built was when I used to write and run Murder Mystery Evenings, and I built it using front page 97. Well, I, you know, if I could get it to work. I couldn't get 95 to work. I had to get 97. <laughs> and uh, 
And the only thing I got going for me was I went and um, went to the the uh, ISP where I could see the building because I didn't know how where my data was going to. I wanted to go somewhere where I could go and bang on the door and get my data back if I needed it. And uh, uh, and that's where I you know I chose one with analytics on there and stuff and you know figured out that you know InfoSeq was coming to my website from the states and stuff and that's how I learned about SEO really. So yeah. anyway. Right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the second question from GLSEO because I really I really just want to go through this. Is it okay to inject meta tags, canonical, and hreflangs or oh, hreflang tags into your pages using JavaScript via Google Tag Manager? If that's okay, I'm gonna say yes. But uh, that's because um, I I inject um, schema and stuff by uh, by JavaScript all the time, um, and uh, and it doesn't seem to cause me any problems. So you know I'm going to go yes, but you you guys are happy with yes? Yeah. Uh, yes and an asterisk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you want to go with the okay? So basically, if the asterisks are don't put in keyword meta tags with uh, with every word under the sun. No, the, the what... big thing the big thing there is exactly what I just said. Where it's like um, you you can totally do that, and if that's a the viable option, the most viable option, because I know everything depends on the context. Like, do you have developer resources? If you do not have developer resources, then that is a hundred times better than not having good meta tags or no meta tags at all. It's definitely better than not having them because you can't in inject them because you don't have access to the code. If that's your only way to do it, do it. Be my guest. Go for it. Yes. If you can somehow put them into um, the initial content without JavaScript, do so. Because why wouldn't you? Why would you rely on JavaScript if you don't have to here? And yeah. to be fair, to be fair though, if the entire main content of the page comes in via JavaScript, then scratch that. Because if you if you don't know what the page is about, then how do you put in a title tag? Well, I'll tell yeah. you a reason why why you would use a JavaScript is because, uh, for example, at Endlinks, the uh, the about content, the about uh, schema. It can then be modified without having to go back to the yeah. developer every single time, and you yeah. can then uh, address that. You know, we think that's a really good idea. Yeah. You know? uh, obviously, yeah. a developer wants more work, so you know. <laughs> Again, it's, like, a hack. it's a hack. Yeah. Like using GTM to inject, you know, meta tags is a hack. I mean, to Martin's point, yes, you can do it, but why would you? I mean, there are, of course, there are. There's always a extreme, you know, extenuating circumstances. Yeah, maybe you don't have the resourcing, but. I mean, any solid CMS system will give you access to, to load HTML meta tags, you know, so like, you know, it, for me, that's, that's purely a hack. It's not, it's not a bad thing to do necessarily, but it's not optimal. And really at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to get around, I think, just using a viable CMS that can give you the HTML meta tags there. They're ready to process for the, for the crawlers. So. Yeah. And, and, as, as you say, like if, if developer resources are the, the breaking point where you say, like, we have outdated metadata because we can't reasonably argue to basically run to our developers on a bi-weekly basis and let them rewrite everything on the page. And they, they can't be asked to provide us with a CMS or provide us with a way to interact with these things. Then it's 100% fine to do that with JavaScript. And again, also, if you do not, if your initial HTML does not contain much to begin with, but like a bare bones JavaScript boot up yeah. playing ground, then what's the point? Uh, then sure, go ahead, use whatever JavaScript you use to inject the rest of the content to also inject the meta tags. But if you can provide crawlers, especially those who might not be as good with JavaScript as, as Google search scroller is, um, if you can provide those with a pre-rendered version 
service have rendered, whatever, I don't care. If you can put it in the initial HTML, why don't you? Yeah. If you can, being the key here. Fair if you can't, fair sure. Yep. Yep. Okay, Josh has a question. Josh uh, Deltner, uh, do, do the metrics from Lighthouse uh, come from the initial render, or is that a separate service? Uh, so Lighthouse has nothing to do with the web rendering service or Googlebot. Uh, Lighthouse, in its purest form, which is in the developer tools of your Chrome, just shows you what happens when you reload the page. Um, so it, I think it clears the cache, I think, by default it does, but I'm not uh, sure. It recommends that you do it in a in a um, incognito. incognito. That. Mm, yeah. 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 So then basically it refresh, it fetches it over your internet connection, or if the, the site you are testing in Lighthouse is your de local development server, it's not even using the network. It's basically just going through your hard drive. Mm. Um, and yeah, as it has nothing to do with the Google search infrastructure, uh, has nothing to do with initial render or whatever. It's just what you get in the browser. But effectively, it's sort of emulating part of a, a headless Chrome browser that yeah. you know. That's you know, uh -huh. so it's 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 a it's a good approach, I'd yeah. say, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the user's approach. I mm -hmm. mean, it's exactly the same as as what the customer is seeing. So if we're mm -hmm. if we're kind of follow the mantra of don't do what Google Wheels wants, do what the customer wants, then, yeah, I think Lighthouse yeah. is a great way to test uh, test your site speed and stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, Stuart, do you want to add anything there about no, Lighthouse? Yeah. No, I would just totally be Ringo about that one. Yes, definitely. Okay. Happy to so slight, slightly, well, slightly off. Uh, some mobile sites hide their SEO content. I'm sorry, uh, Dave, I'm oh. going into the GLSEO <laughs> one. <laughs> Sorry about that. Production production relies on the uh, presenter actually sticking to the to the script. So there we go. Uh, so GLSEO, some mobile sites hide their SEO content behind a see more button. Does Google rank or as wait um, rank or wait? So I say wait this content less if it requires JavaScript to load the content. Is there a best practice way to do this? So stuff behind a more button. Inherently, it's not a bad thing. It just depends. Like. It if it's a, again, JavaScript um, is not good in terms of how it's rendered if it's an action, right? So if the content, if you have to click to actually see the content, that's not a good thing. But not all see more buttons uh, or read more are, you know, a, a JavaScript action. So um, that one is, is definitely, uh, I would take, I would definitely need more context around that one. But Inherently, there's no problem in terms of like content behind the Seymour. It depends on how that Seymour is set up. If if the Seymour you have to click, uh, then you know Googlebot does not click. So there's no there are no actions that it performs. It just crawls. So um, go ahead. I love how you tiptoe around. It depends <laughs> because it depends. It does depend. Which, which is why pet hate subject pet hate answer in the, in SEO. It's gonna, I know. I know. It just <laughs> don't want to hear that one. You know? um, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it depends on and, and what the different outcomes is. And and uh, yeah. I think we just heard a, a good bunch of it. So basically, it depends on if. So there's two quite parts of this question actually. Um, one is. Do, does content even get indexed uh, when it's hidden behind the See More button? The other one is how does it look like in ranking, or in, how does it get weighted in ranking? For the weighting and ranking bit, I will not say anything because I don't know. And that's not an I don't know, I can't say, but it's an I literally don't know. And uh, as a, I don't know how John and Gary did it, but hypothetically, we're not supposed to have access to these this bits of information about like rendering, uh, not rendering, uh, ranking. So I'll I'll just like I don't know. Don't care. Uh, the indexing bit, 
if the see more button loads more content uh, after a user interaction, we don't see it because user Googlebot does not interact with buttons or anything on the page. So it's just oh, as, as right. if the okay, content that's useful to yeah. know then. Yeah. yeah, it's just as yeah. if the content isn't present on the page. So if you have so like a huge piece of text and that only comes into the page after you click on the button, gone. Okay, so so you don't click on JavaScript buttons? No, on okay, no buttons at all. On no buttons. <laughs> we don't okay. click on anything. So uh, so uh, yeah. yeah 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 yeah. It's a, it's a myth that Google link walks. You know, uh, <laughs> links walks into an infinite loop. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, on that one then. Um, so you did you? I didn't see it, but you just did a um, a web apps kind of a video, um, Martin. So is that kind of mm -hmm. related? Like if you want to if you want to get it crawled, make sure it's all in that first bit of content in yeah. that first download. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, good tip. That was worth coming along to, I think. So uh, <laughs> that's grand. Okay, I got uh, not many more questions, but uh, we'll do Richards now. Then David, um, uh, can you give uh, thoughts on bundling JS into into one call? So yes, one of Martin's favorite questions. Um, and uh, um, so we'll let Stuart, we'll let Stuart go first and go into it and walk into that you know that 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 tunnel of death as Martin then corrects him without trying to correct him. Yes, I think I think it's a good idea to bundle your call. I will okay. leave it at that because I'm going to let Martin do this. Okay. Yes. No, <laughs> um, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> it is a bit paradox, though. I, I, I'm so yeah, sorry. Because, because if you bundle everything into one call, but you only use 10% of that content on the actual page, then, um, then you're actually going to make it worse on you. Yeah, uh, that's exactly the problem. You have to bundle, but you have to split the bundles, which sounds, if, if you're like, if you bring it down to one sentence and say, like, you have to bundle your code, but you have to split the bundles, and people are like, are you are you taking a piss or what like what's what 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 am I supposed to do with this information? But you're you're putting it really, really well, uh, Dixon. It is you have to basically split it by functionality, roughly. Um, so what which parts of the code will people experience in one go? So if you have a bunch of libraries or like a bunch of API calls that need to happen to show a block. And put that mm -hmm. into your blog js yeah. uh, and if you have an e-commerce shop on the side and there's like a bunch of stuff that needs to happen in javascript to to load the shop put that into your shop js put, put them all together if it's like 100 files each put them all in one file mm -hmm. but then have like these separate two files one for the blog one for the shop so that if i visit your blog i don't download the shop why would i and, and, and you know what? That's a really good use of Google Tag Manager as well, because you've got triggers in Tag Manager. You can say, mm -hmm. right, download this when you've got the shop pages, but don't download it when it's on the blog pages or whatever. So, mm -hmm. uh, so there could be a, a really good way of, um, uh, of of delivering JavaScript efficiently, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, so, no FAQ drop downs or tabs help at all, Bianca. Okay, I don't think that's 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 not true, really. That's not um, true. No. There's uh, the, the, uh, you know that's that's a that's a blanket statement, um, and I think you can you can make those things work in case of how you how you program it, and you don't have to use JavaScript, of course. But you know, okay. uh, but to Martin's point, as if you want it to read it in the first crawl, then make sure that the content gets there in the first in the first download. That's the the idea, but if you're going to have JavaScript buttons, then you're going to have to have a different URL for mm. the uh, for the next button so that we can see the next one. I think. And also, just to be very very clear, it's fine to use JavaScript to fetch it. Just don't hide it behind a user gesture. So even if you're using JavaScript to put your FAQ content in, that's fine. It just has to be in the document object model. You, you should see it in the rendered HTML in our testing tools. It should not only be loaded when you click a button, a drop down, 
a select box, whatever. If you have a user interaction that basically pulls the content in, that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. If it's not, yeah, if it's not in the DOM, then it's it's not going to get yeah. it's not going to get through. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, use the inspect tool and find out what's in the DOM. Uh, okay. Right, guys. Uh, it's, we've hit our time already, but I've got one more question, which I, I'll save for, for the for the for the end. Um, although we've we've covered a few, so you're allowed to go back on the old ground if you want. But what is Google bad at seeing in JavaScript? Any what, we, what, what still need any work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any, anything that's a click, anything that is an action that loads more content, JavaScript. Uh, it, it, you know, it's great for users, not great for bots. So be careful how you leverage that. Also, HTML is and CSS as well. Uh, HTML and CSS both are really fault tolerant. Um, JavaScript really isn't. Uh, it basically, yeah. it's yeah. like a once one one every all or nothing situation. It's either the entire script works and then you're good, or if there's any problem and we can't continue parsing, then you're out of the game. Then yeah. JavaScript's done. Yeah. 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 Okay, guys, this has been fantastic. Uh, we've run out of time again. Uh, so before we go, uh, uh, find out from David uh, what's when the next live show is and what's on, I, I want to say thanks to, to the panelists, to Martin and to, to Stuart. Thank you ever so much. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you in a minute how we find you and get hold of you and uh, or, or not, as the case may be. Um, thanks as well to Inlinks. If you haven't tried the demo of Inlinks, go to inlinks.net. Play with it and uh, and book me up for a demo, and uh, I'll do that. Um, so uh, so that's about it. What do we got on next week, next month? Have we have we worked it out yet, David? Or are we? we uh, yeah. Oh, great! <laughs> I love so it when it's organised. <laughs> next month, uh, it is November the sixteenth at four pm GMT, eleven e eleven am Eastern time, and the show is going to be about what is your site migration checklist. On that particular show, we're going to have Miracle, Enemeti, Archie Bong. We've got Chris Green and Deb Dute Modal. Uh, if you want to find out where to sign up for that, just go to theknowledgepanelshow.com to watch live. Oh yeah, we got a domain for this now. We're getting pro. We're getting pro. It just redirects to a blog page, but you know, it's <laughs> really cool. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll We'll get that. So, um, guys, thank you ever so much. Um, yeah, theknowledgepanelshow.com. And you can also, from there, just remind yourself where the where the, um, the different links are if you want to get it in <coughs> in podcast form or, or all sorts of forms. Uh, we're getting more sophisticated. We're even on Spotify these days. So, <laughs> so guys, just before we go, where can where can people find out about you from and, and when should they and when shouldn't they? Um, uh, Martin? Uh, best is probably Twitter. Either um, tweet at me directly. If you search for Martin Split, there's pretty much only one Martin Split. It's Geekonaut. Two T's, two T's, two T's. Yeah. Yeah, two, yeah, Split, not Split. Um, yeah. And uh, please, whatever question you might be having, keep. I have my direct messages open, but if you ask me questions, I can't really answer them. And I'll say, like, sorry, I have to go to the Webmaster Forum um, or the Office Hours. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, please, yeah, yeah. Please yeah. don't. I, yeah. Um, you you yeah. must get a lot of stuff you just can't answer and just have to just ignore. So don't don't go there, guys. We're, 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 you know, Twitter's good for debate. It's not good for, you know, for customer support, really. So, Stuart, how do they find you? Just uh, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and just a, a, a plug for Martin, I uh, really like the office hours. So uh, definitely if you have questions about JavaScript, go there. Um, yeah. Martin goes above and beyond to try and answer everyone's questions. So kudos to you. Well done. Well done. It's brilliant. I think you guys are absolutely brilliant. I appreciate you both coming on. 
thanks to the audience for coming in, asking us questions and joining us. And uh, we'll see you again for episode five of The Knowledge Show. The, the, the Knowledge Panel Thank you very much. Show. Bye. 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 Thanks, guys. <laughs>